Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sports Club, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. What's going on, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Friday. We are live at the Treasure Island Hotel the Golden Circle Sportsbook. We are just awash with televisions and college basketball. Obviously, great food, great drinks. Come on and join us uh, here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. And without further ado, I'd like to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend, Dr. Stephen Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Uh, real What's quick. What's happening, Benny? How are you doing, Dr. Shaw? And I just want to let great. thank you, uh, and uh, good to hear. Uh, just to let everybody lo- know, look, there's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope. Uh, the Neuropathy and Pain Centers of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent por- uh, forms of pain. Call their office today, 725-373-9879. With whatever it is that you're dealing with on the high end, the low end, chronic, severe, something that just uh, occurred or just came about, Please give them a call, 725-373-9879. You don't have to go it alone. They've got answers, and they've got relief. Dr. Shaw, again, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. On a Friday. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, there were some lightning bolts that dropped this week with the Raiders uh, here in Las Vegas. (laughs) Amid all the March Madness and everything that's going on, the Golden Knights are doing their thing. And then all of a sudden, Chandler Jones, the great defensive end, gets signed by the Raiders then yesterday. Uh, the big one drops with Devontae Adams, the great wide receiver from the Green oh, Bay Packers. Getting, what a blessing. Yeah, exactly, getting traded to the, uh, to the, to the Raiders. And i got to ask you, you know, uh, first of all, what were your thoughts when, uh, when all that went down? Well, I, first off, uh, I guess it's the Packers' loss in our game. Yes. But, I mean, if you've ever spent uh, any time at all on fantasy football, you know exactly who Devontae Adams is. I mean, I've, that guy's helped me more on my league and – uh, when I had him and hurt me more when I didn't have him. Um, I can, I'm just pleased to know that he's on the Raiders now. That's, that is a huge bonus. And, and, and Carr just got a new BFF. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, they, and they're, obviously they go way back to Fresno State, so yep. they're really good friends. Uh, I hate. I know you're a UNLV guy. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, I appreciate you know, talent when, when I see it, though. Yes, exactly. And, and I wanted to ask you real quick because um, – the way the Raiders went about their business this week with the Chandler Jones move and then obviously making the bold move to, uh, to bring Devontae Adams in, it, it shows a level of decisiveness and, and boldness um, you know, from this organization and that they're not going to be complacent, that they're going to do what they need to do to try to win games. From a fan base perspective, how cool is that um, to see the team that you root for that's in your city doing what needs to be done to win football games? I, I mean, it's a huge testament to the organization as a whole. I mean, they're they're being serious about it, and they're bringing in serious players. And there's probably nobody more serious on the receiving end of a football than Devontae Adams. I mean, at, speaking as an ex-quarterback, I mean, you know, they whenever you look at quarterback stats, they don't ever put any asterisks by the by the completion ratio. You know, a guy might go 15 for 25, but they don't say you know, but. Five of them were dropped. Or five right. of them hit, hit the receiver in the face mask. With Devontae Adams, you're not going to need to worry about that because he catches almost everything if it's within a two-yard radius from him, and uh, he's going to have positive yardage every time. So it's a really exciting 
guy to watch and is only going to increase the efficiency of the offense. And that by itself is going to make it even fun for uh, Vegas to watch. And knowing Dr. Stephen Shaw, uh, who played at UNLV, I guarantee you all your balls were thrown tight spirals right exactly where they needed to be. Uh, oh, of right, course. Right to the hands. Uh, and if there were any incompletions. Well, it, was, it was usually to the defensive hands. <laughs> but, you know. Hey, I didn't say whose hands. I didn't uh, say whose hands. Completion, I guess. But. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, all right, Dr. Shaw, uh, switching over to you know, this time of year, obviously free agency is going around, going on. Spring training has just opened, uh, so we're getting ready for baseball season. But always this kind of marks, too, uh, March Madness you can hear. So college playoffs are going on right now, the big tournament going on. But right around the corner are the uh, NBA playoffs, and uh, that's a summer thing. It's about ready to uh, to happen. And boy, oh, boy, the Warriors, and we have a bunch of Warrior fans amongst uh, Raider yeah. fans. Uh, that are that are listening right now. It seemed like they were just turning the corner, and then all of a sudden, Steph Curry goes down uh, oh, with, yeah. with a ligament strain in his foot. And I wanted to talk to you about that uh, because this is probably—I mean, I guess the worst time would have been right off started or during the playoffs, uh, and he wouldn't have been available to them. But this yeah. is probably the second worst time for it to happen, uh, just as they were beginning to gel. And just as they were rounding into form, and the playoffs right around the corner. But when you look at what is going on. What kind of hope is there for, for Steph Curry and Warrior fans uh, as he tries to get through this injury to get back on the court? Well, I mean, you have to be cautiously optimistic in a situation like this. The problem is that, you know, and, and I, I uh, did a little research myself on it, uh, you know, terrible injuries, especially to an impactful player like that. But the problem is they're, they're saying that it's a, a strain. Or, I'm sorry, a sprain. Right. And, and, Sprain is broken into three three categories. There could be a, a grade one, grade two, and grade three. And grade one typically is a little micro tears of the connective tissue of those ligaments. A grade two is a partial tear, and then grade three is worst case scenario where the whole thing snaps in half. Um, uh, that is that's called an avulsion. But you know, no, they're not going to list whether it's a grade one, two, or three. So under the presumption that it's a grade one. Then, with the right amount of therapy, the right amount of rest, uh, and right about right amount of rehabilitation, um, you know, he could be up and running uh, probably within a few weeks. But if it's grade two or grade three, then you know we gotta. <laughs> that's a little bit more profound, and Do- not 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 so optimistic. Yeah, uh, Doctor Shaw uh, and Doctor Shaw joins us from the Neuropathy and Pain Center. Give him a call seven two five three seven three nine eight seven nine. You know, when, when we hear an ankle sprain, and that's bad and not good, you know, and uh, there are, like you say, degrees of sprains for, for the ankle. But, you know, when I think of, it, of an ankle sprain, you know, you tape it up and you get it real tight and you kind of try to mobilize it a little bit so to give relief for when the player is, is out there on the court. But when I hear a foot sprain, yeah. any idea kind of like where that might be and, and uh, if that's more problematic than an ankle sprain? Yeah, well, so there's essentially the foot, you know, not to, uh, not to try and cure insomnia with this, but there's, uh, there's three areas of the foot. There's the forefoot, which is the toes. There's the hind foot, which is the ankle or the, or I'm sorry, yeah, the ankle and calcaneus or heel. And then there's the midfoot. And typically when they say a foot sprain, it's the midfoot. Um, you may have heard of a, an injury, uh, for the, to the foot that's exclusive for the foot called a Liz Frank yes. injury. And that's more of a region of the foot where the metatarsals meet the, the uh, tarsal bones of the foot. It's sort of a connective area, and there's a lot of ligaments that keep that area held tight. 
um, and, and patent. But, but, you know, when you overstretch those ligaments and tear them, the problem is that it's a weight-bearing joint. So every time that you're on two feet and you take a step, it just, it's like putting gasoline on a fire. So, you know, if it was, say, an elbow, you just put it in a sling and you forget about it and let it heal. But on a weight-bearing joint like the foot, especially the midfoot foot with all those connected tissues connecting several bones together, you know, it, the problem is he's got to stay off of it and give it a chance to heal. And that doesn't really do anything for his, um, you know, aerobic activity or the strength in his legs. It's not He's definitely going to have a rebuilding period, even if it's a grade one or a, or a slight grade two. And on so. top of that, you, you look at basketball, like many sports, but in particular in basketball, the amount of pressure that you're putting on your feet when Constant. you stop. Yes, exactly. Cutting and stopping and accelerating. Um, yeah. We hope the best for Steph Curry and, and the Warriors, but, man, um, couldn't have happened at a worse time, probably to uh, in, in terms of the actual injury and the location of the injury uh, as well. Uh, but I want to uh, segue real quick before we let you go here, Dr. Shaw. Foot, foot problems are uh, a huge problem, and foot pain is a huge uh, uh, issue uh, with people for whatever reason, uh, and it can come about for a variety of different ways. Um, but in your line of work and what you guys are doing over at the pain center, how prevalent is that and how problematic is that with foot pain? And what, how can it affect other parts of the body? Well, yeah, again, going back to the weight-bearing joints, you know, there's a, it's not just connective tissue with ligaments. It's also nerves. You know, there's a lot of tiny nerves in there that can also be affected and affected the, the way that you step, the way that you push off. And it's not, it isn't just traumatic injuries like with, with Mr. Curry or with sports-related injuries. I mean, just even people who work in warehouses or postal carriers, or people that, you know, are UPS drivers, they, they're constantly on their feet. They're constantly getting in out of the truck, carrying heavy packages, and that just adds excess stress and pressure every single day to their weight-bearing joints. So it is a prevalent, prevalent problem. And, you know, if, if not addressed early enough before the problem gets too bad, then it can start to proliferate or blossom into other problems. So, that's, again, we always emphasize, you know, come in and get it checked out early before it becomes an even bigger problem. So, yeah, it's, it's something we deal with quite a bit. Uh, neuropathy of the feet is a, is a big problem, and, and we treat that on a daily basis here. Um, but, you know, you want to catch it early before it becomes something uncontrollable. Yeah, so uh, for our listeners, if you are dealing with anything related to the feet and obviously everywhere else on the body, but if you are, if you find yourself like, man, something's going on or this doesn't feel right, with if you're waking up and, and finding out that, you know, you, there's pain going on there, don't hesitate to call 725-373-9879. There could be a wide range of reasons why. And, and over at the Neuropathy and Pain Center, they could get it figured out and get you on a path to relief. That's what they do. And that's what they offer, and that's why we love talking to them, uh, because they provide great, great help and great relief. 725-373-9879. Dr. Stephen Schott, thank you so much. Thank uh, you, Ben. Appreciate uh, the uh, the input. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some of the college basketball that's going on, and we'll check back Will with do. you next week. Go Knights, go Raiders. There you go. That's Dr. Stephen Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Call them up, 725-373-9879. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Friday. 
Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Just saw this tweet uh, from Deshaun London. Uh, Duke has landed a commitment, basketball commitment, uh, five-star Jared McCain from Centennial High School in California, Southern California. He is committed to Duke. That's not necessarily a story. Duke gets uh, five-star recruits all the time. My end goal is to win a national championship at Duke. That's no big surprise. Duke is always in the running for the national championship. Here's where it takes an interesting turn, Damon Cotton. I want to win four of them. My end goal is to win a national championship at Duke. I want to win four of them. So says Jared McCain, a five-star recruit who just committed to Duke University to play basketball. Damon Cotton, my question to you is, what are the chances that a five-star recruit who probably has the NBA just nipping at his heels stays four years at Duke? Well, if he plays like Amani Bates has been playing at Memphis, I mean, maybe it's likely, but it's probably less than zero. That you just, someone you just had to sneak some Memphis hate in there. Not mm. hate, but like no. somebody, somebody letting you down there. Do you uh, know who Amani Bates is? I do. What's, what's, but, but what? Uh, he hasn't been playing well. So, I mean, like if he, he hasn't been playing well, got benched, got injured, and this is a guy who's like two-time Gatorade High School Player of the Year, and it's looking like he's not even he wouldn't even be a lottery pick now if he tried to leave after his freshman year. So I think that his best his best plan would be to stay. Yes, definitely. Instead of, you know, go out to the draft after you've had such a disappointing freshman season. So like I'm saying like if he if he just went and sucked. <laughs> yeah, you probably could stay 4 years, but, but with the money that that's in the NBA, I don't think even with NIL if he goes and balls out and let's say if he wins a title as a freshman and does all these spectacular things there would be no reason to stay. You yeah. can say all that. You can always get that degree. You can get that degree while actively being in the NBA. Just take some online classes. Sounds like Jared McCain wants to win four national championships, though. So we'll see. That's but not, we, that's we, not wish, we wish him uh, good luck. he's not going to win him at Duke anyways. Oh, come on now. We wish him good luck because a uh, great young player. Um, obviously a great school in Duke University. And I wouldn't mind if a kid stayed four years. Whatever he wants to do, really. I it's a free country, man. Uh, I, I, I say whatever it is that you want to do, go do it. Don't don't worry about the haters, whether you want to stay for five minutes, whether you want to stay for four years, whether you want to go to the G League, uh, whether you want to go to Europe and hone your game uh, before your draft uh, eligible, whatever it is that you want to do. Don't let anybody take gather all the information. Take advice. I'm not saying don't listen to advice. Get all the information on the table and then trust who you trust, and then make the best decision for you. That's what Devontae Adams did. Everyone's, I was on a couple of national, or just local, national, whatever you want to call it, a couple of different ones, I guess. Uh, radio stations, like, why would, why would, you know, Devontae Adams choose Derek Carr and the Raiders over, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, and, and the Packers? I'm like, it's not that big of a stretch. Number one, he it has admittedly said that, he grew up a Raider fan. Why is that so shocking to everybody? He grew up in the Bay Area. Chances are you're going to be a 49er fan or, or a Raiders fan. There's plenty of Raider fans uh, where Devontae Adams grew up. Secondly, he played college football with Derek Carr. I know some people are either overlooking that or don't know that, but 
They're friends. They're really good friends. So the combination of, I think, the, the, the way the Packers handled Devontae Adams' contract situation last year, they kind of slow played it a little bit. Uh, they, they, they let him play all of last year on the last year of his contract. All the risk was on his end right there. Anything could have happened last year, injury-wise, that would have ruined his future, like his immediate future. Look at Odell Beckham uh, you know, Jr. That's a different situation, but just to give you an idea of the risks that are involved, um, you know, uh, he gets hurt in the Super Bowl, and everyone's right now trying to gauge where he is health-wise, what the long-range prognosis is, how long he's going to be out, all those type of things. And that was with Odell who got traded, and there were some issues going on there, blah, blah, blah. Devontae Adams was the Packers guy, was the Packers dude, right? Like he was – he's Darren Waller to the Raiders or, you know, name any big star player of, a, of any given team. Has always been a great asset, has always been productive, has never been any kind of an issue. He's the guy, the kind of guy you draft and you re-sign, period. And so the way they sort of handled last year, letting him take all the risk by playing out that last year his contract um, may have, you know, rubbed him a little, uh, the, the wrong way a little bit and opened the door for him to start looking elsewhere like, you know, all right, they're 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 handling it the way they're handling it. It's their right to do that. But as a result, I get to kind of look around here a little bit and ponder certain possibilities. And boy, you know, my guy, their car is over there playing in Las Vegas. Uh, we played together in in Fresno. The team is the team that I grew up rooting for. Huh? Maybe that's where my future should be. Maybe so that door got opened, and that that combination of opportunity because of the way the Packers and, and feelings and emotions on how the last year got handled and the new horizons that are out here and Derek Carr and the Raiders, that's what led uh, to this. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're Devontae Adams or anybody out there, you have the right to make the decision that works best for you. So he ultimately went to the Green Bay Packers and said, I don't want to be here anymore for whatever his reason was. Maybe he just wanted to go play for the Raiders and play for Derek Carr. Maybe that was all it was. Or maybe there were some emotions that were involved as well. Whatever the case might be, he has the right to dictate his future, and that's exactly what he did. Um, and now he is with the Raiders, kind of unbelievably so. And, you know, we've taken some calls, um, you know, uh, obviously over the course of the last couple of days, and people have been talking about it. By the way, before we get to that, let's go out to Raider Tone in Modesto. How you doing, Raider Tone? Vinny B, man. I'm sitting here in my, in my front of my house. I can't move. I've been listening to you for the last hour since 4 o'clock. You got me locked in. Um, we didn't get this in the Bay, man, and I really – I've said it a hundred times. I appreciate what you do. Hey, my question is, um, when it, before the hiring of, of, of Ziegler and, and, and Josh, um, do you think they had this game plan out when, they, when, when Mark Davis got him in the office? They said, hey, this is what we're going to go after. Because I, everybody was shocked about Devontae. I, mean, I, I love all the pickups. And I think you were even shocked. I think you came live on the show yesterday that it was uh-huh. breaking news. You think that was the, the, the original plan when they came in and say, even before the Broncos pulled the trigger on, on Russell Wilson, do you think that was the original plan that we're going to spend money and we're going to go lights out and, and we're going to ball out this weekend in tw- or this year in Vegas? Well, um, here's what I – first of all, I was shocked. And the reason I was shocked was 
not so much that the Raiders went after Devontae Adams. I know that they wanted uh, Devontae Adams, but I felt like the Packers had all the control over that situation. They could have they could have uh, kept him on the franchise tag this year, called his bluff on whether or not he was going to actually play or not, hold out, yada, yada, yada. And even if he had, they could have franchise ta- tagged him again last year or next year. So they had all the control, and it just never felt like because of that, the Packers were going to trade him. I thought that they were going to call his bluff and keep him in Green Bay one way or another. Um, so that's why I felt like, nah, you know, that door is probably closed. So that's that. Let's set that aside. In terms of did they talk about this, I think they've talked about everything. And, yeah, all the possibilities. I think that the main thrust of that, I'm sure, is Mark Davis and, and, and Dan Ventrelli and the, the powers that be over there in Henderson as they talk things out with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, I'm pretty sure whenever any discussion came on about possibilities, players, approach, direction, spending money, being bold, being creative, being decisive, I get the feeling that they were given assurances that whatever you want, whatever you need, can't promise that it's always going to happen, that it's always going to be... uh, able to be uh, done and completed, but pretty much you're going to have whatever you need. And whatever it is that you want, we're going to do our best to make it happen financially, from the commitment standpoint, from the salary camps, you know, cap standpoint. So I think that gave Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels a lot of confidence going into the situation that whatever it is that they wanted, they were going to be able to get, be given the tools to go pursue that as diligently and as um, uh, you know aggressively as possible but obviously again it takes two to tango uh, and these things are, are, are complicated but it does show you that um, this was something that obviously was on their radar and I, I'll give them credit too they played the situation correctly they stayed in it they stayed aggressive they stayed persistent and a door opened that um, you know, was whether you want to say it was opened by the Green Bay Packers or maybe Devontae Adams kind of kicked it in a little bit. Either way, a door opened for the Raiders to seize that moment and make a bold move. So uh, I'm sure those kind of conversations have absolutely happened, uh, uh, yes, without question. So, and it's interesting to kind of see it all, you know, play out and, um, and, and, and come to fruition because um, it's just a new day for Ra- the Raiders. It's a new day for Raider Nation. Um, that they're operating in this manner, that they're conducting themselves uh, this, way, this way. But it's not a surprise. I keep trying to reiterate that. It's part of what Mark Davis always talked about when he talked about you know, the new stadium and why he needed the new stadium. It wasn't to line his pockets. It wasn't a money grab. And uh, it was to be able to compete financially, toe-to-toe, with 31 other uh, colleagues and competitors out there that want the same exact thing that the Raiders want, that he wants. Everybody wants the shiny um, you know, trophy, the Vince Lombardi trophy, and they want a whole bunch of them, and as many as that they could possibly uh, earn and win. And so to do that, to be able to operate in a way that legitimately gives you an opportunity to pursue those type of goals consistently – you have to have the resources to be able to do that. And I think the Raiders are in a tremendous position now uh, to continually uh, um, you know, push themselves 
in a way that they haven't been able to for a little while. And it's really, it is kind of cool because, you know, when you see the reaction from the NFL, when you see the reaction from other uh, executives in the NFL, um, it's not so much a surprise because I think they saw this coming. And th- I'll tell you what, the Raiders being able to, to operate in this manner, um, game changer. And it's kind of like waking up a sleeping giant. Because the Raiders have always been the Raiders. You heard Chandler Jones talking about man from afar. You know, I've always been a fan of the Raiders and kind of like, when's my chance to go play for the Raiders? There's a mystique about them that has never wavered, never wavered. But there were some other issues that were going on that kind of prevented them or, you know, handcuffed them a little bit in terms of the way they really wanted to operate. And it, it took the things that have happened over the last five years for it to get to this point, back to this point. And I can say this, there's, there's not going to be any complacency uh, out at the practice facility and the facility in Henderson. This is just the beginning. And nobody's going to be sitting on their hands. Nobody's going to be uh, letting, you know, uh, sitting and watching as other teams make bold moves. They're going to lead the way. In a lot of ways, the Raiders have led the way even you know if you go back to how they pursued this stadium opportunity how they completed this deal how they put this deal together it 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 took some audacity you know the good kind of audacity to say we're gonna we're looking at a market that people have said it can never happen there for a lot of reasons and we're gonna go make that our home we're gonna figure out a way to get on board with the local politics, the local business community, the statewide politics, the statewide business community. We're going to put together a deal that's so audacious, so airtight, so compelling that nobody is going to be able to stand in our way, including 31 other NFL owners and and a league that had always had a little bit of an aversion to having a team in Las Vegas for obvious reasons. Things like that have gotten under control a little bit perceptions have changed time has changed uh attitudes have changed about about a certain element here in las vegas it's all under control and it's all good but again it takes a little audacity to even think along those terms let alone to be able to put it together and the readers absolutely put it together and that was kind of a start to what they're doing now and they led the way in, in, in making that. I, I think I saw a, a new stadium deal that was being proposed up in Buffalo where the governor of New York has kind of stepped in and, and is sort of pushing some public money uh, to form a partnership with the Bills to keep the Bills right there where they belong um, in, in upstate New York. It's going to make this deal in Las Vegas. It's going to be kind of the equivalent of this deal uh, here in Las Vegas. Um, and so it, it, it takes a healthy audacity and confidence and certainty to not only think along those terms, but really honestly to pull it off. And I think it's carrying over into everything that the Raiders are doing. And it's it's a top-down philosophy and organization that they're building, probably in a way that you know hasn't happened before in a while anyway, uh, for this organization. It's very... Um, hey, Vinny, it, let me just give you a little pushback there. Go ahead. For Buffalo, when it comes to getting a new stadium, I don't think that threatening to leave the city, I don't think that should be applauded. 
I, you have never negotiated anything in your life. I'll tell you that right now, Devon. Gotten billionaires don't uh, billionaires don't need public money to fund their stadiums. I, I, I disagree. They build it themselves. I disagree. I think that um, the whole point of this, put it this way: Do you know who owns uh, the stadium here in Las Vegas? The city of Las Vegas. Do you the the stadium Allegiant Stadium? Do you know who owns the the stadium? Tell me, you know the answer. It's the state of Nevada. They're going to reap a lot of rewards from that. It's a partnership. A lot of people think, you know who owns? I'll put it this way. Let's put it this way. Jerry Jones in Dallas. Who owns his stadium? Is it going to be the state of Texas? No, it's going to be the city, I think, of Arlington is who owns it. And guess who gets a huge chunk of things that happened in that stadium, whether you're talking about the Final Four or college football championships or the Super Bowl or all those types of things. It's mutually beneficial. So I look at it this way, all right? And this is the way you have to look at it. It's an investment. People, talk, people always look at a, you know, public money as public money. We're just giving money to billionaires. No, you're actually investing in yourself, investing in your city, investing in your market. How do you think business Amazon uh, businesses come to your city and come to certain cities? You work out a deal um, with the city or with the state to create some sort of a partnership, whether it's tax breaks, money, land access. It's all a partnership. So I know a lot of people just look at the money and think it's so bad. A billionaire is asking for money. Billionaires or team owners, the NFL, are asking to create partnerships where Everybody brings money to the table. Everybody invests equally to some extent, and everybody reaps the rewards. So if you don't want to be a part of that business and invest in your part of the country or city um, in a way that keeps the NFL and helps your uh, you know city, look at look at Las Vegas. You don't think that you don't think that um, the city of Las Vegas, the state of Nevada, has benefited from Allegiant Stadium and the presence of the Raiders. Yes, it has, but it's 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 in certain ways. Such as, well, I just I just don't think that if you want to say like oh like every citizen every everyone who lives in Vegas or Nevada should just be over the moon. Maybe some people just don't care. I don't think. Of course, yeah. That's yes, fine. has it provided jobs? Yes. Every Sunday, I've seen so many people when you have to clock in where you go where they marching over to Allegiant Stadium. Those people who have those jobs for. Once every Sunday, construction or workers, construction people that workers, maintain yes. the stadium, people that keep but up the stadium. I'm saying yes, it provides the jobs. tax revenue that you're able to now take money, make money off of the venture. And okay, it, but that, if the you're thing. the city, if you're the city and you're doing it correctly, uh, you're you're now diverting money that new money that you're that you wouldn't have been making off a of t- uh, tax revenue of a building that wasn't there and events that had never come here. Now you're taking that money, hopefully. And putting it into schools and and, uh, and and infrastructure and other aspects of your that's what investing is. When you invest money, it's to make money. Invest money to make money. And yeah, then you Vinny, could, the only point that I'm making is that the Buffalo Bills should not be able to say, "Hey, man, we might move somewhere else if you got but, if we don't get enough." But that's the reality of the situation. That's the reality of the situation. Well, you can't say that. Oh, we love this fan base. Hey, but we might leave if we don't get enough public funding. And then for you also, when you use Amazon, I wouldn't want to use Amazon as a, hey, look at how Amazon's doing it, because there has been pushback to Amazon. Well, yes, I just use them as a big, that's a big business that cities have competed 
to you know uh, uh, to, 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 for them to be, you know uh, build plants or whatever it is that that they do. Cities compete for that. That's what happens. That's why there's bids for certain uh, industries to come to their town, and it comes down to city to city. Hmm, we're going to decide whether we're going to go to San Francisco or Las Vegas or Nashville or wherever. That's that's creates jobs in your community. That's why communities in, or, or, or uh, cities and states, um, you know, uh, invest in things like that. It's to, the hope and the goal is to be able to now reap some benefits from the newfound money that you're creating to go build other parks, schools, you know, uh, uh, invest in infrastructure, invest in other ventures. But again, when you talk about public money, I know everyone just lazily just thinks, oh, they're just giving money away. It's an investment. It's literally, by definition, investing in something, investing really in yourself too, and then hoping that investment pays off. That's how money makes money. And, and I know that that's a hard hurdle for some people to clear because, again, you just see, oh, the state's putting X amount of dollars. To, and it, I, this drives me crazy, too. Why can't they put money to schools? Uh, 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 go look at how much Nevada puts towards schools. I'm sure it's a big, huge chunk of money. So, um, and, and, and this yeah, allows... Vinny, you, when you say all this investing and making money, yes. I think that it's also just where you can... It, it sounds out of touch to people who, the working man... Like a bigger Mayfield when he released his statement, the hardworking folks of Cleveland, when people think they're not seeing the benefits of that. So you can say like, oh, that you can give all these examples that are great, but people who just work their regular jobs, they don't see direct benefits from this. You know, it's funny you should mention that. And I'm glad you mentioned that. I've had so many arguments with people, um, let's say San Diego or let's say up in Oakland, because <clears throat> there was a decision that some people made, radio hosts, journalists on how to cover certain things okay and it was the easy and kind of lazy thing to do was always take the angry be angry at um you know the rich guy and you know uh let's let's make him you know or her or whoever it was uh you know uh the bad guy the bad person okay it's easy to do that and i used to always say to to uh, it, they know who they are too you know, you have a chance to kind of teach people and educate people, maybe open some minds if you handle this a little bit differently. So when you're talking about the working man, a lot of that time, a lot of times they're getting information from whoever they're getting information from. And if it's explained in a hateful, spiteful, lazy sort of a way, yeah, I'm sure that disconnect can happen. That's how those disconnects happen. I'm, I've always been the type of person that said, okay, well, how about explaining it a little bit further and a little bit deeper to show and explain what the benefits actually are and what's actually happened? Nobody's giving money away. You're investing money and then trying to make money off of that investment, and that money is there. It's, we're seeing that in Las Vegas. We're seeing that uh, in, in, in other areas um, that have built, that have forged partnerships. It literally is a partnership. So, yes, I get it. The average working person um, might have that feeling, might have that belief or, or that distorted view of this. But, I mean, I, I wrote many articles and went on many airway to kind of explain things a little bit differently. At that point, whether you want to believe it, whether you want to accept it, whether you want to just reject it, that's up to you. But the reality is 
These investments can pay off if done correctly. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. Welcome back to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. It's like Wright State made a little bit of a run. They got two, they were within 10 with about 15 minutes left. But this Illinois Chattanooga game, 48 46, second half, 6 11 left in the game. Chattanooga. Making a little bit of a run right here. We'll keep our eye on that. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. We're live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook here at the Treasure Island Hotel. We'll be here at 6 o'clock, but as you can probably hear behind me, there's a whole bunch of people taking in a whole bunch of college basketball games right now. And this place is going to be uh, rocking the rest of the night and really the rest of the weekend. Uh, as the NCAA tournament uh, continues to unfold. And, Damon, I, I totally get your point, and I understand it. But, again, it's, sometimes it's up to reporters, myself, uh, and even radio hosts, uh, whose listeners kind of de- or, or, you know, the, depend on us to tell them an accurate story. Um, is there risk involved if you're a city or a state and you're going to invest in that kind of a project? Yeah, there's always risk. Everybody, there's there's risk by the team owner. There's risk by uh, the public uh, side of the partnership. Uh, there's always going to be risk. But um, to say that it's just throwing away money, it's, that's such a lazy take. Um, it's, it's like you, you, you get frustrated because I've, I wrote so many stories that kind of explained how all this worked and consulted with a lot of experts to explain how this worked. And to break down why it's not just thro- it's it's not just throwing money at a billionaire, it's partnering with the biggest sports league. Whether you want to talk about the NBA, baseball, but in this case the NFL, to keep a team and build a stadium that can serve that community for decades to come, it's investing in that and then reaping the uh, financial benefit of it. And if you want to take that money and be able to apply it to schools, building roads, they, that's, that they're able to do that. So, again, an investment is an investment, and that's all this is. And it's an investment to try to make even more money and to improve the surroundings. And I know for a fact that uh, Las Vegas and Nevada has already benefited from Allegiant Stadium and will continue to do it for years and years and years. They own the stadium. The state of Nevada owns that stadium uh, and will for their duration. Wow. Holy cow. Chattanooga taking it to Illinois. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's a great discussion and I just wish more people would take a little bit more time to read be, be, beyond, you know, $400 million or $450 million going from the state to partner up uh, with whatever the industry might be, in this case the NFL, to build a new stadium and just flat out just look at the money as if they're just handing it over they're not handing it over and smart people that take the time to really look at, into things uh, can, can see that it's not the cup of tea for everybody but hey I haven't gone to certain certain museums or libraries that cities have built but I know somebody's benefiting from that or the concert hall uh, or anything that states and cities build parks I'm not the one that's always benefiting from it but I'm happy that somebody is, that's, that maybe that's their thing, that they're benefiting from it. And those things, 
whatever money they're able to make for the state, I figure my surroundings, my community benefits from it uh, as well. So uh, there's me on my soapbox. Uh, trust me, I've been dealing with it for a, a long, long time. It's not the most popular take because it's a misunderstood uh, take. And uh, Just that's... because people disagree with you doesn't mean that they have a misunderstanding about it. Well, you have a misunderstanding about it. That I just don't. You say it's an investment. It's this. It is. It's that. What if? So you say people will benefit from it. I've I've read countless stories. Listen, about people who they're right there next to the Ram Stadium, SoFi, and they're not benefiting from it. It's actually hurting some of their businesses. They're, they're, if they if they own a house, they're they they're 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 benefiting from it tremendously. They could sell their house. For a whole lot of money and a whole lot of uh, uh, the 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 property, and I know Inglewood. I, I worked in Inglewood for. I just gave you an years. example of how it's yeah, like like that, and then you just jump to something else, though. But uh, I, I'm not sure the, the value in and around that stadium of the land has gone up tremendously. So that when when value goes up, you can make more money as a landowner there. That helps your schools. That helps the, the tax base grows um, and, uh, and 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 escalates. That helps be able to build better roads, to be able to you know uh, build a nicer parks, those type of things. So I I, I don't know that the area is not necessarily benefiting. The area is, but I've, I've talked to the mayor many times, Mayor James Butts. The mayor's going to say that, yes, but I'm saying specific well, examples. Where I'm just, it's not for everyone. There's a church that's near, that's near this area in SoFi and Inglewood, and now people don't really no. want to come on Sundays during football season. Okay, here's like, here. and it's there are always examples. There's drawbacks. But to no, there was it's no public not, money. There was no public money that went into that stadium too. So let's just clear that one up. There but, was, but even, but the point is that just you can't just say, hey, there's a football. Like so, you basically you would just say, hey, my restaurant isn't doing too well, and then I'm not seeing any of the benefits of being next to SoFi Stadium. Oh, just sell it. Oh, the property value is going up, so just sell it, though. I, I mean, you have a decision. That's you know, that's that's how life that's how life works. But again, that stadium, there were, it was it, no public money went into that stadium. So, and there are people that are benefiting from that stadium in and around that stadium. Home values went up, way up. That's a good thing for homeowners that live in that in that in that area. It's not always going to benefit everybody. I get that, and I understand that. But, but it's gentrifying the neighborhood and getting out those um, locals who basically live there, gentrifying the neighborhood and getting them out. Uh, I mean, that's, you, there's example after example, uh, you know, where where that's occurred uh, in our, you know, and 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 yes, that does happen. That there is an element of that, but they're, it's, that's not going to be the reason why you know um, a, a deal like that doesn't happen. And I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll, you know what? And what about the people who can't afford to buy homes get, so they are renting we're, we're and then gonna, the rent goes up because, hey, the property, I own this place. So I'm sorry, now the rent's going to be hiked up. Sorry. I, I mean, that's how life sometimes works, well, man. Well, just because that's how life works, that doesn't make it right. I, I, I don't know how you're going to necessarily stop that. I really don't. That's how, that's just how the world churns. And it's our responsibility to kind of keep up with it. Or, you know, like, like I, I, I can't live in Beverly Hills. You know, does that suck? Does life suck because I can't go buy a house in Beverly Hills? I couldn't. It was hard for me to stay in California because the prices were going up. Does that, I mean, I'm not sitting here complaining about it. I found a different way. You know, it would have been great to stay in California. But there were, there were extenuating circumstances 
that you know that that just how life works sometimes. And but we're getting into a bigger a bigger issue than a than a stadium being built. I don't think that anybody. I think that by and large. Like Allegiant Stadium has benefited the state of Nevada and Las Vegas and will continue to do so uh, for many, many years. And I, I know gentrification and all that and, you know, some of the, the downsides of that. But I'll give you James Butts's, uh, you know, phone number. He's a, a great man, uh, James Butts, the mayor of Inglewood. And he'll explain to you why it's helped his community and why he believes that it was the right thing to do. Uh, to partner up with the Rams, even though they didn't have to spend one 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 uh, uh, bit of money. Anyway, just want to say thanks, Damon. It's a great argument. We'll continue to have it, uh, and we'll learn from each other. That's how life works, and uh, you know I respect you. Hopefully you respect me. I know you do. want to say thank you to all our guests. It's been a great week, a fantastic week. Can't wait to revisit you guys on Monday. Kind of have a feeling we might be talking about some other moves that happen. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. If you want to come by to the Golden Circle Sportsbook, it's happening right here. Uh, look forward to, uh, to seeing you guys. This place is going to be going on all night long. Check you guys out on Monday, 4 to 6, in the huddle, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. <laughs>